Hi, this is Dawn Shireen, and this is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. Okay, so I'm doing better than I was last time I talked to you guys. Uh, things are, I mean, you know, Doc is eventually going to die, and Briss is eventually going to move, and I really am going to be breaking in a new psychiatrist. That all really did happen that week. However, um, none of it's come to that tragic ending that I was expecting. Uh, Briss is staying longer than he thought. I thought, we thought, maybe prayers actually are answered, right? I mean, I I dropped to my knees and talked to the big guy on that one and just let him know I wasn't ready to, I wasn't done with him yet. I'm not ready for him to leave me yet. I, I'm not ready. I'm getting ready. I'm feeling better now that I've had time to process it and it's not happening in a two-day you know, bing bang out type thing with absolutely no closure whatsoever. Um, I'm still not happy he is leaving and his mind is set to do it. There's no convincing him otherwise. And it's, you know what? It's his life. He's got to do what he's got to do. He's, I want him to be happy. All I've ever said is that I want him to be happy. And if he's not happy here, then what's the sense of being here? You know, I mean, I make him temporarily happy. You know, we all could do that for people, but can I actually bring him the ultimate happiness that he should have in his life? No, he's got to find that himself. He can't find that in a place where he can't feel fulfilled and work and, you know, be himself and, like, live. This mountain is not a place to, like, live. I mean, you can live here, but you're not living, if that makes any sense whatsoever. This place is a trap, and... Um, I'm actually glad that he's going to make it out of here before he can't get out of here. Uh, yeah, they mean that in all the, all the ways. And ultimately, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, it's not like back in the day when you had to write letters and wait weeks, months to get a reply back to even find out if the person was still alive or had, you know, moved on without you or anything. I mean, it's not like there's not way too many ways to stay in touch. I know it's not the same, I know it's not the same, and I know that this opens him up for everything he wants, which, this is where it gets all sticky. I want him happy, I want him to have the family he wants, I want him to have all that, just without a wife, right? (laughs) Let it be me. And I know it's ridiculous. Um, This is where, when you play with age differences, it becomes dangerous. It's you know, I can no longer have children. He definitely wants his own family, which he deserves. He deserves to have that chance. Does it hurt me that I can't do that for him? I would love to have his baby if it was a possibility. However, two years ago, that functioning of my body stopped. So there will be no babies coming out of me for Briss. But, you know, the fact that I would, if I could, in a minute, do that for him, you know, I think that says a lot. And y'all know how I feel about him. You know how I feel about you. And um, I'm glad you're still here because I really wasn't ready for you to go. I, with what happened with Doc, which we'll talk about a little bit more, and you, in the same weekend, I was just flatlined. Uh, I'm really glad that I am strong enough to have been able to work my way through that without actually having, like, a major, like, breakdown and winding up inpatient. I was very lucky. 
So in the dock man, he seems to be doing just fine, sleeping on the bed right now. Um, after that day with the neuropathy or whatever, the neurological issue that he was having, he's been fine. I don't know if it was heat stroke. I don't know if he had like a small seizure. I don't know if he ate something. I don't know if he's allergic to something. I don't know. I just don't know. And the fact that, you know, I'm poor and I can't afford to take my dog to the vet every time something like this happens, which is uh, horrible to say, you know, and if it were a child, I would probably be in jail for not having insurance on them. But when I got Doc, I wasn't really looking at the long plan thing. I was looking at a temporary way to make my sponsor happy, get off my back, and just get one more day under my belt. I wasn't looking at 13, 14 years with a dog that is going to cost me enough, but it's worth it because I love him to death, so the cost isn't really the issue. Well, when it comes to going to the vet, the cost is the issue because some of them don't take the pet insurance that I had back east for him, and I, I don't want, it's just, it's just too expensive. Um, I probably won't be getting another dog once Doc completes this mission. I just, I, 14 years with, you know, I mean, I basically have a child. I mean, let's, let's be honest about it. You know, if Doc Doc makes it to 18 years, I have had a kid for 18 years that have depended on me for everything in their life. I love my dog. I don't want him to go prematurely. However, when he does go, I think that I might want to enjoy some of that freedom a little bit and just be able to, uh... Oh, man, I know this is terrible. This sounds terrible, right? But, I mean, I've given him my all. I love him to death. And when he dies, I'm going to be devastated. However, it's also going to open up a whole side of my life that I've had to put away for the time being, being Doc's mom, you know? The not really being able to go for weekend trips, not really being able to take a vacation, not really being able to go to the store without worrying that something is happening to him or that he's getting into something or that I'm going to come back to a complete and utter disaster mess that, which happens more than any of the other options that I said. And, but I love the monkey dog. If I had to choose between him living forever and me having to clean up his messes forever, I would clean up his messes forever, obviously. But yeah, he's doing better. He's been walking. He, um, he's got his bright eyes back, his appetite. He's, you know, as grouchy as ever. So I'm confounded. Even if I was to take him to a vet now, there, I mean, I guess I could do like, you know, cat, cat scan on a dog. Is that even what they do? They do a dog scan on him. Um, you know, to see if there was anything like in his brain waves, but I'm, I can't pay thousands of dollars to, like, basically do a, a pre-surgical scan on my dog. It's just not happening. And as far as the psychiatrist goes, you know, he's a cool dude, and, you know, I got along with him. I could understand him. As with the other telemeds, I honestly can't understand, you know, more than an eighth of the words that they say to me, so that's all bad. Uh, but, and I mean, in all actuality... He's my telemed. I've never met the man in person. Um, he's just somebody who prescribed my meds to me. Did we have a relationship? Um, once every six weeks, I would go in, and we'd have a seven-minute conversation relationship, and then no. So, was there a relationship? Yes. Over time, we had built a camaraderie. I mean, he knew, you know, whatever. But was it like, I'm going to die because I'm getting a new 
shrink? No, absolutely not. Um, I was starting to not tell this guy the truth, and I've been starting to think that I wanted all women anyway right now at this point in my recovery and my therapy that I don't, I don't want a male therapist anymore, and a doctor, whatever, all he does is like write the scripts out, but I mean, maybe that's the way I look at him because I didn't really trust him, you know, which sounds weird, um, and I don't know why I didn't trust him, but I feel, well, I kind of know why, because when I was inpatient and they all, nobody was straight with me, and let me thinking that I had killed this person and that all this stuff had happened to me, and nobody was honest with me and actually, like, set me down and was like, you're fucking crazy, this didn't happen, you're delusional, that's why you're here, we're gonna get you back on your meds, and you're not gonna be seeing shit like this anymore, and it's gonna be okay, you didn't kill anybody, you really didn't, you're just fucking crazy. I would have loved that somebody done that to me instead of me thinking for, I don't know, I think I was in there eight days before the possibility that I hadn't actually killed somebody was starting to become clearer than the fact that I had, which I didn't kill anybody in real life, unless maybe it was a parallel universe or, yeah, <laughs> I don't even think we want to go down that rabbit hole right now, but, um, yeah, I mean, that was terrible, and he was my doctor when I was inpatient, and he could have easily, you know, we had that where I would have, if he would have told me that I was out of my fucking skull and that everything that I thought was true was just a fucking delusion, I would have fucking totally been okay with that. Either way, I didn't kill anybody in this life. <laughs> I didn't get home invaded in this life, and let's hope that, you know, if I can stay semi-med compliant that we don't ever have that happen again. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Mia. Thank you. Really, honey. Thank you. Um, I haven't ranked this week in the charts, so I still want to thank you all for listening, but I can't, like, call out any specific countries that, um, have, I've charted on this week, but, I mean, that's not what it's all about. Don't even get me wrong. It's not what it's all about. It's about you and me and staying above ground and maybe laughing once in a while and you guys, like, gritting when my volume is so low because I'm losing my mind and crying and you guys are still putting up with it and listening to the show and uh, I love you guys for it. You guys rock. And uh, I hope I'm helping you. If I am helping you, go to dancingwithbipolar.com and just drop me a line. You know, I know that people are visiting because the numbers go up on the, um, you know, the counter thingy. But it'd be nice to touch base with a couple of y'all and know who, who and why and what and, you know, where and all that good stuff. I'm pretty sure there was something else I wanted to talk about. The dogs next door are barking so much, I'm just absolutely distracted, expecting somebody to come up and knock on the door and ruin this anyway. So I think we're going to call it for now. Um, you can all tell I'm better than I was. Uh, I'm still sad. I'm Bruce is still leaving. He's, he's, he's still leaving. I've just had a whole lot more time than I thought I was going to have to get closure and, uh, you know, make peace with it, which I'm getting closer and closer to. The day he leaves... I'm going to be absolutely, completely wrecked. But am I going to be able to handle it better than if he had just taken off in a two-day period of time and left? Fuck yeah. I don't know what I would have done. I was going to, I, I legitimately don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I would have powered through it, or I don't know if I would have... I don't know. I'm glad I didn't have to find out. 
So, I think that's it. Uh, interviews coming up this week, and, oh, listen to me on the Melancholy Condition. My interview um, dropped today, um, this morning actually, um, episode 11 of season 3 on the Melancholy Condition. So, give it a listen. You want to hear a little bit more about me and my childhood and um, stuff that, for some reason, I don't seem to talk about. Though, when it comes up in interviews, I'm more than willing to talk about it. It just, some of it... Maybe some of it you're just supposed to catch this way on somebody else's awesome podcast. So go listen to The Melancholy Condition and uh, learn a little bit more about me. And um, I think that's it. So uh, this is Don Shireen. This is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. And hey, let's all stay alive, okay? Later.